Ron Peterson, need I say more? <laughs> more than enough, trust me, more than enough. Prayer. Why do we have to talk about prayer? As one person said, why pray? I can worry. Uh, I tried that. It doesn't really work. It causes a lot of sleepless nights, um, stomach acid, etc. The other reason I want to talk about prayer is I have a difficult time praying. Praying is hard work, and I can only end with it. The evidence of that is when I've signed up on some of these prayer sheets for Alter Your Life, uh, a mission, whatever, and you take, say, I'm going to have it from 10 o'clock to 10.15. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm praying, I'm there, I'm, I'm with it, I'm done. It's now 10.03. <laughs> now, I was already getting repetitious at that point. And so, prayer for me and what I, when I've talked to other people, it's redundant, it's selfish, self-centered. Uh, we don't worship enough in our prayer life. It's too much for me and from what I've heard from some others, very self-centered. Malone did a lesson about two years ago, and he is not here. Good, because he came to me and did not say that, Ron. But his lesson focused on the four um, letters in pray, P-R-A-Y. P, praising God, first and foremost. R, our request. A, it's been two years ago. I, that's not what A stands for. I, I, I can't remember. Acknowledging God, um, Affirmation of God. Adoration of God, but that's what we did with, with praising. So I'm, I'm, I, anyway, that's A. And why comes the hard part? That's yielding to God. Nobody likes to yield. I mean, that's like giving up. But when you when you're yielding to God, that's 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 a success. But that's still very very hard to do. Today I'm going to read portions of a Psalm 77 written by a man called Asaph, who is a member of King David's court. Now, Asaph is in serious trouble. We don't know what his concern is, but he is calling out to God, and uh, he's going to move. You almost had to get up here and read this for me, honey. Now it's talking to you, honey. <laughs> In any case, Asaph, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and my soul, my whole body, refused to be comforted. Now, Asaph has been in, is in a situation, I think most of us have been in at one time or another in our lives, where we're not, it's either a family member, it's ourselves, it's friend, it's a neighbor, and it's, it's really bad. And you're praying, and it just isn't getting through. And the other issue is, again, this is my opinion, Asaph is concerned about why me? Why is all this on me? And as we all need to realize, folks, sometimes we're the dog, and sometimes we're the fire hydrant. And it just depends on where you are in life. You can draw your own picture on that one. Um, and unfortunately, that happens. Asaph is not getting any relief in his prayer. 
to continue. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned, I mused, I reflected, I considered, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. There's different opinions on what that means, but I'm going to pass by it. And then he says, I thought about the former days. He's thinking about the good old days when things went well, when he was in tune with what God was telling him, uh, guiding him, and all of a sudden, it's just not there. He thinks about the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night, and my heart, his whole core, if you will, considered, and my spirit inquired. Now, Asaph is at the point in life where, in this particular case, he's in trouble. He's not feeling any response, a warm, fuzzy feeling, or whatever. And he starts, he has six questions he's going to ask. The answer to yes to any of these questions means he's going to fall into the abyss. There's something about the word abyss I like. It doesn't sound good, but I like the word. In any case, the first question is, will the Lord reject forever? He's talking about rejecting, God rejecting his people, which is Asaph, and by the way, includes the people in this room. Will he never show his favor again? In other words, is Asaph of the people in this room no longer God's people? Now these questions, by the way, are not in any particular order because the next one is a killer. Has God's unfailing love vanished forever? Can you imagine living our life without God's love? The next one is, I think, the most important question he asks. Has his promise failed for all time? Has God's covenant with, with Abraham flowing on through us through Jesus Christ, has his, has his covenant been broken? The point there is, we've always been told God has changed us. The God of a million years ago, the God of 10,000 years ago, the God of 2,000 years ago, the God of today is changed us. The same. The God of I am is the same. Asaph's asking a question here is, well, his promise, is it broken? If that's the case, not only is at the edge, he's ready to fall into the pit. He continues, has God forgotten to be merciful? Without God's mercy, where are we? Younger days, I always wonder, well, you know, where's the justice on this, on this planet? Well, older and a little wiser, the last thing I need is justice. The thing I want is mercy. And looking at you, I think you would want the same thing. <laughs> Just a personal opinion. Now. I, could, I, could, I could be wrong. I'm not. But I couldn't. Um, and the last question is, has God in anger withheld his compassion? In other words, is he abandoning his people? If God, if the answer to these questions is yes, to any of these questions is yes, the God that Asaph is worshiping, the God that we are worshiping, is no longer a God with a big G. To God of a little g. Because if God is changeable, that's like man. You know, we're good, we're evil, and the worst thing of all, we're indifferent. If God is like that, that's not God. That's the God of the idol worshippers. That's the God of people who worship a stack of stones. can't remember the name of this pole that the people in the Old Testament, the idol worshippers, the Ashtoreth, Ashtoreth uh, uh, pole. They're worshiping a God with a little g. 
And that's where ASAP is now. Mr. ASAP has gone really into a deep end here, and his God is no longer the God with a capital G. <coughs> Opinion. Reading the rest of this, just a few more passages, he says, Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years of the right hand of the Most High. Going back in time, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Now we start to think and remember the things that have been told throughout the ages. He's feeling God's presence. He remembers God's presence in his life. And then he says, I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. I'm going to say that again. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. That's something that when in our prayer life we might want to consider when we start to pray. I mean, we're supposed to be praising God anyway, but think of the things that God has done in the past. Asaph is backing away from the edge of the pit, and he says, Your ways, O God, are holy. What God, little g, is so great as our God, big G? You are the God, Big G, who performs miracles and displays your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people. So he's come full circle. Why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you answering me? Where's some help? He starts asking those six questions, and he's getting in deeper and deeper trouble. Then he steps back, which is something we could all do if we start having doubts. And yes, I... Can't speak for you, but I still have doubts about certain things. And that's the time you need to step back, do some time of meditation, and looking at the Bible, reading the Bible, and considering what, what's, what's said there. Asaph starts out in the Psalm 77, I cried out to God. I cried out to God to hear me. I was in, in distress. I sought the Lord. I stretched out on tiring hands. My soul, I remembered. I groaned. I amused. My spirit... Me, 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 the whiner. You know, you want some cheese with that wine. It's just <laughs> all focused in. He asks the six questions. He doesn't answer them. Thank God he didn't answer them, yes. And then he starts out this way. I will remember the deeds of the world. Your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on, your, on all your works and consider your mighty deeds. Your ways, O oh God, Big G, are holy. What God, little G, is so great as our God, Big G, you are the God who performs the miracles. You display your power. Your mighty arm redeemed. You, 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 you. See the difference? He starts out with this, all looking inward, which is so human. He comes all the way around, and now he's back in tune with God. The rest of the, of the excuse me, the verses... He's recounting the days of the Hebrews leading Egypt and how God over and over again saved them. So, in addition, Asaph, I, I didn't count the number of Psalms he wrote, <clears throat> seven, eight, whatever. In several of them, he has a word off to the right of various passages, and the word is Selah, or Selah, S-E-L-A-H. Stop and think, or pause and reflect. 
that's a good good thing to remember. When we start getting our doubts, I don't understand how that could happen. Well, why doesn't God do this? Stop and think, or pause and reflect. Not a bad action to take when we get into that doubting mode. There's a phrase that I wrote down that I thought I remembered. Here it is. I didn't. It is not for us to understand the way God leads, but to trust the way God leads. And obedience is the only proof of our trust in God. So what's our obedience? Well, love the Lord your God with all your... And uh, love your neighbor. And them, those people outside this room, them as ourselves. That's the hard part. I believe God knows our needs before we pray. I believe God answers those needs. Not all the time the way we want them to be answered. I also believe that God knows the needs of non-Christians. I believe that God answers some of those needs of non-Christians. About a month ago, two months ago, I did a lesson on, on Lent, one of the whatever we had, four or five, and I was parroting somebody else's words, and I can't handle it very well. And I got off track, and I talked about something that had happened when I was about 20 years old. And I'd run out of money, was back home, trying to figure out, okay, i got to get a job, make some more cash, and go back to school. And then there was a medical emergency in the family, and it was serious, and it got critical, and yeah, yeah, it just got going down the toilet quick. And I had a medical professional come to me and say, your family does not understand the seriousness of this. You need to tell them it's serious. And they haven't done any operation yet. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to burst anybody's balloon. Got the neighbors and the relatives and etc. there. A little bit later on, the doctor comes out and says, I don't think you understand the seriousness of this. This is very dire. Now, I am a product of the Birmingham Public School System. Now, even I, from that crummy school system, knew what that meant. That was not good. That was that We were really talking serious stuff. So not telling anybody else, I'm off by myself, and I'm going over, okay, this, this, and this, and I guess it's this, or it's that. Now, either it's life, it's death, or it's life. Uh, mental, maybe physical disabilities. So those are the questions you're going through. And as I said, last two months ago, whenever it was, by the way, I'm not a Christian at that time. I believe in God. I am studying different religions, uh, as young, cocky, self-assured people sometimes do, think they know it all. Then, of course, as you found out, I'm sure that you're not as confident, knowledgeable, or whatever that we thought we were. Anyway, that's where I was in life, and all of a sudden, going through these various scenarios, I got this feeling. That's what I told them about two, week, two months ago. It wasn't joy, it was not bliss, it was just a, it's going to be okay. Not that there's life, not that there's death, not that it's going to be okay. People will get through this. The family will get through this. So I, I did a lesson about, <clears throat> it was last year sometime for the Seekers. And I can't remember what the lesson was about. 
go ahead and admit this, Pat, ask me if I ever told anybody that I have been diagnosed with minor extensive brain tissue loss. We call it BLT in my, no, I'm serious, brain tissue loss. We call it BLT. The nice thing about that disease is I can go to the store to pick up bread and come back with three bottles of wine. If she says anything, hey, I got minor extensive brain tissue loss, so give me a hard time. So, in any case, I deal what the lesson was about, but I made a comment about this episode in my life when I was not a Christian. So I'm done, and they clap, and we're throwing flowers and gift cards and other things. They were throwing flowers, gift cards, and cash. Yeah, okay, I thought I'd give it a shot. In any case, at the end, uh, Red Carmichael comes up, and most of you know Red and Mike. And she says, I know what you mean. And I thought she's talking about the lesson. I said, the feeling. The feeling. Yeah. She said, uh, when Mike was in the hospital, and most of like everybody who knows the family knows that he was in very serious condition. Phil actually was very critical. They almost lost him. And she said, she was getting the same comments from people. This is serious. This is critical. You know, it's going downhill. And of course, you have all the people who uh, are there trying to con console her saying things about Aunt Susie, Aunt Bessie, Uncle Charlie, and Aunt uh, Uncle Bert. And just a personal comment, and I'm getting off track as I usually do. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> we don't, when we're going through that, we really don't want to hear about your Aunt Susie or Uncle Charlie. God love them. I hope they survive and they're doing well. But at that point in time, we're, we're selfish about it. we got our own concerns. You want to you hug me? You want to pray for me? Great. I'm not parroting exactly what Brett was saying, but that was a gist of her comment also. So anyway, this it's now getting really serious. <clears throat> so she goes off, and I don't know whether she's sitting or standing, but she starts doing the things that this is not a, a an unconcern about the loved one. It's a situation where okay, you got to start making some situation. You know, some ideas, a list of what, what, what are we going to do now? You know, if this happens, I got to dun dun dun. If that happens, well, you know, there's this and this and this. And she's go, going through all this. <clears throat> she is not praying, okay? It's not that she's not a, a Christian lady, but she's dealing with the, the, the necessities of when things happen. And so that's where she is. And then all of a sudden, she gets that feeling. It's like, everything is going to be okay. Doesn't mean life. Doesn't mean death. Doesn't mean anything. Just whatever happens, you will get through it. And I find that incredible. I find it that um, a God who is holy, a God that is a little scary, righteous, but thank you, Lord, for also being a loving God, that loves not only Christians, but thank you again, non-Christians, that he can provide that type of calming effect. Now, I can't go on without a complaint. Forgive me. I have not had that feeling as often as I'd like to have it. I'm not going to embarrass myself to tell you how many times, but it's not that often. If sister was here, I'd tell her about an event that was in back in the 70s in the chapel. It's a beautiful location. I mean, just got you feel God's presence there. 
I don't know what Malone was talking about, but at the end, you could just feel the, the love in the room. So I go to hug my wife. Well, guess what? She's hugging some other bozo over there, and I want to hug her. So I look over, and there's sister, and our eyes meet. No, not that way. Our eyes meet, and we hug. I can just—it's just—I can't express it. It's just a feeling of wonder. And I, the only thing I can think of is heaven is anywhere near like that. It will be a wonderful time whatever that time may be. So what is Asaph's message for us? Well, first off, Mr. Asaph, not to chastise you for the way you were crying out to God, but when we go to God and all we're doing is looking inward, me, 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 is I, 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 uh, is it any wonder that we sometimes feel like we're not feeling God's presence, that we're focused so much inside that we can't open our mind and our heart to listening to what God's talking, talk, telling us. A prayer praising God our request, adoration, acknowledging whatever, and yielding, we're not always going to get an answer in my opinion because I have not always got an answer. But it's a start. It's a start to know that there is a loving God. God is with us. And it's up to us to open our mind and heart, to spend some time with God, turn off the TV, turn off the CD player, push the paper away with all the nasty stuff. I swear every time I open the page, AJC, there's another horrible thing going on. And I'm not talking politics. Uh, it's just, and you need to step back and spend a little time meditating with God, with the Bible, and take, get out of the focusing inward and focus outside, which is hard to do. <coughs> I have a line here. Um, I guess I'll end with that. Prayer is not a problem solver. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is not a problem solver. Prayer is communication with God. And a God that's holy and righteous and loving, what more do you want? I mean, come on, folks. Uh, we are blessed so much. I'm always amazed when I go to the bathroom and turn on the faucet and I can, like a dog, lap up the water and I don't have, have a cup there and it's clean water. I mean, you put garbage out and it's gone. Uh, we have clean food, we have shelter. If ever there was a society that was blessed, this is us. And this is us, and every day we ought to be on our hands and knees thanking God for being so blessed, and we're so unworthy. Okay, you're so unworthy, and so am I. Okay, we are not worthy to have all this, but we got it. Now, I was going to have a prayer. I never write my prayers down because I never follow them. I just start babbling. But Thursday, when I was trying to put this thing together, Pat said, you ought to read this. It is from Philippians 4. Uh, starts at verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about it. Think about such things. And the God of peace will be with you. One more time. And the God of peace will be with you. 
I think that's just, there's so many beautiful uh, verses in the Bible. And this one, I've read it before, and I just kept going, but um, that says it all. So all I can say is, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen.